out of your league, this is spotlight. Yeah, arrow getting greens, that's a stoplight. We can take you out the picture, that's a crop, right? And let the chickens fight each other, that's a cockfight. The SL2K, I got around to it. A lot of leagues, but none of them amount to it. And it's free when it really comes down to it. And since I follow them, I had to add the bounce to it. Huh? Hey, what up, though? Welcome to the SL2K podcast. I'm your host, Prophecy. I'm the commissioner of SL2K Pro-Am. And you can hit me up at Prophecy underscore SL2K on Twitter. And you can, of course, follow our league at SL2K Pro-Am on Twitter as well. Uh, So make sure you follow and uh, check out our brand new Twitch channel, uh, SL2K Live. Uh, We've been doing a lot of fun things around the community and doing some live commentary over a lot of teams and uh, a lot of different platforms. We've done some WRRS games. We've done some Hall of Fame uh, gaming uh, tournament games as well. Uh, United Rogue, we've hosted some of their teams uh, through the crossover tournament as well. Uh, so very fun times uh, on the Twitch. We're going to go back at it actually right after we're done recording here for Coast to Coast. Uh, so you can use the hashtag Coast to Coast to check that out and make sure you follow at SL2K Live. And the Twitch link is uh, right on there. Uh, it's also SL2K Live on Twitch, same handle. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, some tremendous action and the playoffs will be broadcast on there as well as many games as we can get in and they're also all archived if you happen to miss an episode so make sure you check that out uh having a lot of fun with that uh i want to shout out our sponsors as well before we get into the podcast with our special guest here uh first up sswi game nation uh that's the twitter handle uh you can of course uh, catch all their content on youtube as well uh sswi doing big things with their pod on a weekly basis usually they put it out on the weekend uh, and they're doing a lot of great things with outreach around the not just the 2k community but a lot of different games so uh, make sure you check out mr clutch and sir panda and the whole squad over at sswi uh, for all their great content on a weekly basis uh, also pre-made designs uh, pre-made designs.net is the website uh, you can get 10 percent off any logo at pre-made designs by using our discount code that's sl2k uh, put that in at checkout uh, to receive a great discount on a great logo. Uh, they do world-class stuff over at Premade, so make sure you check them out on Twitter as well. Uh, at Premade is the handle, and they do great stuff. Uh, you can catch a lot of their work at United Rogue League too, uh, so make sure you check out uh, their stuff if you want to research some of their design capabilities and brand your team going into 2K19 uh, with a great discount from SL2K. Uh, also, Flux Sticker at Flux Sticker on Twitter. Discount code SL2K. And you know what they're bringing to the table, those lovely stickers that we all enjoy. SL2K stickers is the hashtag. We have a history with stickers in this league. Uh, So we were happy to get their sponsorship uh, throughout the end of uh, the playoffs here and going into 2K19. Shout out to Flux Sticker, sponsoring the SL2K Pro-Am League. Uh, And last but not least, Next Level Entertainment, the presenting sponsor of this very podcast, at Next Level ENT underscore is where you can catch them. And they're bringing you to the next level. Uh, no matter what you're doing around the community, be it gaming, 2K, podcasting, music, whatever you got going on, they're taking you to the next level and they're supporting uh, through brand growth and retweeting and anything that you need uh, in terms of social media support. So make sure you check them out and we're happy that they sponsor this podcast here. So here we go. Uh, Episode 18. I got a special guest in the building with me here. Uh, Mavs Ace of the Chosen Ones are coming off the heels of a fantastic series that we watched unfold on SL2K Live, a three-game epic. Uh, They were the actual uh, first series that ever took place in the SL2K Pro-Am League. So history-making, Mavs Ace was definitely a part of that, and we brought him on here today to talk a little bit about his experience. So Mavs Ace, what up, though, man? Thanks for coming on the pod. 
Oh, thank you for having me. This is just a fabulous, fabulous opportunity, and I'm I'm glad I could be here with you. No, no doubt, doubt man. man. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us this evening. It's about uh, 11 o'clock. We're recording this, so it'll come out tomorrow here uh, for some enjoyment around the league. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about a lot of things because you've been very uh, vocal on Twitter. You've been an active uh, social presence and someone that I wanted to uh, pick your brain a little bit about just your overall experience as a new uh, comp player you've mentioned uh, several times on your Twitter uh, about you know being new to the scene and, and playing for your, your first season here in the SL2K and how that's affected you. And I thought that would be cool for the listeners to go into uh, throughout the course of this pod and not to mention uh, breaking down uh, your playoff series. That was fantastic. And uh, you put on a monstrous performance. Uh, we'll break it down by the numbers uh, in the pod here. Uh, so I'm happy Mavs Ace is joining us here today. Uh, first year player, as mentioned, uh, Chosen Ones. You can catch them at T Chosen one z that's the twitter handle for their team uh, of course there and you can catch mavs ace uh, my guest today on twitter at x o isaac with two a's o x and that's his twitter handle uh point guard for the chosen ones uh so let's start out uh mavs ace uh into the pod here by just going through your background uh just tell us a little bit about yourself uh gaming history uh you know how you came up in the gaming world uh any personal anecdotes uh that you want to share with the community uh, to start things off here? Um, well, typically, I, I guess I'm one of the older uh, gamers around. I'm, I'll be 39 next month. Um, I started gaming. I got my very first system when I was eight years old. Um, my mom had actually hidden my Nintendo under my bed on Christmas Day and then made me go clean my room to find it. And, and that was kind of the start. <laughs> That's cool gaming ever since oh yeah i was mad she made me go clean my room on christmas day i had only gotten three gifts my Oof. sister had gotten like 20 and i was beyond pissed oh no i just throwing a fit and then all of a sudden i find this big covered box under my bed and, and it was it's one of my favorite memories from being a kid because i'm sure that my mom just had to be laughing hysterically yeah and she's gone now oh, we, uh, sorry to hear that no that's okay um yeah, so it started then, and I've never stopped. And and my wife, my poor wife, is always like, "Are you ever out gonna outgrowing game?" <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. Like they all said that about gaming, like it was gonna be this fad we would all grow out of. But here we are in our mid thirties. Uh, some, you know, even older, even older than that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. The, you know, what age are you supposed to say? Oh, I've had enough fun. Right, exactly. And that's that's the medium for us in our generation, uh, no question. Uh, so you said Nintendo NES. What what games were the standout ones on NES for you? I remember also opening the NES on a Christmas morning. That was a amazing memory. One of my first memories as consciousness took shape in my youth. Uh, but tell me about your Nintendo experience, man. What were the games that you ran on uh, the old NES? My mom wouldn't let me get any other game until I beat Mario the first time. Oh, okay. Word. And then um, after I finally beat that, um, then I got into I was always I got into sports games right away. And if, if you were a, an NES fan at all, you played Tecmo Bowl, you played Super Tecmo Bowl for sure. Tecmo Super Bowl. Those, those were my games. Um, and, and I still actually play Tecmo Super Bowl to this day. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, I grew up as a as a 49er fan before I met my grandparents, and then I, I kind of switched over to the Browns uh, after my grandpa died. Um, 
my entire family, except for, you know, me and my mom were from Ohio. I'm from North Carolina. We didn't have a football team growing up. So I kind of like just piggyback off my grandpa. Um, so that was, that's, that's, um, I never really was into adventure games or anything like that or shooters or anything. So I, I played any sports games, um, NBA jam, double dribble, uh, was a huge one for me. Um, and yeah, and it's been full go ever since. That's cool, man. Yeah. I definitely played uh, Tecmo Super Bowl as well. Many hours spent on that game, even, you know, did the season mode and all that was into it. Learned a lot about sports actually from video games uh, myself. So I can definitely relate, uh, as far as like the types of genre, uh, that you played, uh, on the NES. Uh, that's cool about, uh, being a Browns fan as well. You don't run into a lot of Browns fans out in the world, but, uh, 49ers fan definitely can understand that Joe Montana and the eighties dominance that they had. Uh, even into the even into the '90s with Steve Young, so that's a cool franchise. Definitely, I would like to see them have success uh, moving forward and get back into the thick of things. Even the Browns too. I mean, I hate Cleveland. I'm a Detroit guy, uh, so that's a rival city. But uh, but Cleveland, but Cleveland Browns. I mean, that's I could you know I would appreciate it if they won some games because those fans, you know, they deserve a Browns you know title. I I would totally be cool with that. I don't really care for the Cavs and like the Indians and stuff like that, but. Uh, I could see the Browns being cool if they ever got good again. But anyways, uh, so back to uh, SL2K. Let's let's talk about SL2K and how that came into the fold as you, uh, you know, now you're an adult and you're in the gaming world still. So tell me about when SL2K came into the fold for you and uh, how that impacted uh, your approach to gaming. Uh, what was going on at the time and how did you hear about SL2K? Uh, my whole two SL2K experience came from when you originally started. When before you started season one, I was already running with um, Ink My Swag, word, and a Loco Demon. Uh, they actually sent me a party invite. I'd say probably around the time that the combine was going. No, it was before that. It was probably around like Christmas time, and uh, we'd run a walk-on game together. And they they sent me a party invite, and we've kind of been inseparable since. And then they, they kind of hit me up. I was kind of off doing my own thing with my own friends, just doing some, some pro-am stuff. And they're like, hey, Mav, you should come run in this SL2K league. And, and um, I said no at first. And I guess the only reason I said no at first is because I was inexperienced. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a good walk-on player. I mean, I knew how to pass the ball. I never really shot. Mm -hmm. And um, I was kind of intimidated by it. And, I, you know, I have two young kids. I have a three- and a six-year-old. and and I kind of like am committed to that. Um, my daughter has autism, so she takes up a lot of time for that. But then after a while, the the walk on uh, the walk on and the regular team program thing with my guys just got got monotonous. We hit a ceiling. We couldn't get above elite one. And and I'm I'm a guy that when I get dedicated to something, I want to be the best at it that I can be. I always want to learn. I take every game as an opportunity to get better to better yourself, to help better your teammates. And, and that, to me, was the opening that I needed. So Loco hit me up, and he said, Hey, Mav, we, we need a player on the Oilers at the time, the Richmond Oilers. And he's like, but I don't know how you and Kid are going to get along because y'all play the same position. You kind of have the same mindset. Because um, we're, both, we're both past first guards. Yeah. And um, I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll come give it a try. And, and we came and we tried it out. And Kid did everything he could to make me comfortable. I mean, he made himself uncomfortable to make me comfortable, and I'm forever appreciative of that. 
Yeah, Kid's a really cool dude. He's, uh, you know, for those not familiar, JKid1216 on Twitter. That's uh, one of the admins in the league uh, currently. He's been a big, uh, you know, facilitator of growth for our community, JKid, since season one. Uh, so big shout out to JKid, uh, Richmond Oilers, uh, bringing Mavs Ace into the fold here for us and uh, doing great things uh, really since the league started uh, building our our name and, and being a positive influence really over all of the members. So appreciate JKid. My bad. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Mavs. You said that a thousand times better than I ever would have. And and I, I, I really have so much appreciation. But at the end of the day, how the, uh, the chosen one came to be is that Loco didn't feel like he really fed in, fit in on the Oilers. I didn't feel like I fit in. And, and it was a kind of a loyalty thing. It was like, oh, you brought me here. Me and Kid are, are trying to duel, play point guard. And it just, it just wasn't a good fit for anybody involved, really. So that's how we ended up going and making the chosen ones. And, man, what, what we put in 82 games in about four weeks. Yeah. And um, it just learned so much playing against, you know, good players. And, and then that led us and, and getting into the playoffs. And, yeah, once we got there, it just is a whole new world. Yeah, you're talking about like the comp uh, competitive or, you know, quote unquote uh, scene. On my own, you know, we would get to, you know, elite one and then, you know, just get smashed about and just playing with guys who don't have a serious aspiration for the game. You know, uh-huh. the casual players who just, you know, get on to play because they're bored of Fortnite or, you know, Madden's dead or whatnot. Yeah, it just it just wasn't for me. Right. And coming on, and that's what I've done uh, the past uh, about eight years. I've been a competitive Madden player. Oh, that's what's up. Um, yeah, I came over from Madden from 16 to 17. I won 17 Super Bowls in 32 men leagues. Oh, damn. Yeah, I won some money. That was my forte. Um, and 2K was always a thing where I would get on and play my career, progress my guy, and then I'd put the game down you know, February, March, and, and wouldn't pick it up again until the new one. So this is really the first year for me that I've stayed in the scene the entire year. And now I'm just, I'm just completely hooked. That's cool. So what is it about Pro-Am uh, that's driving you and inspiring you? Uh, you talked about kind of being that kind of person that uh, needs to just go all the way to the top. I, I can relate to that too. Like you get inspired by something and you just want to soak in everything. You like Neo in the matrix. You just want all of the knowledge and you want to just go out and, and just, you know, destroy with it. Uh, so I understand that feeling uh, too. And just tell me about Pro-Am specifically and what is it about that, that, you know, gets a, that addictive quality to it that just drives uh, everybody in it. It's an adrenaline rush and being the point guard, you have to like, and, and people have asked me what the hardest thing about playing point guard is. And it's not about passing. It's not about scoring. For me, it's about helping make your other four teammates better mm-hmm. and also um, making them happy. That's, that's the hardest thing for me playing point guard because for me, it, it, I could go out and pass the ball. And, and when we start talking about the games, you'll see what I mean. I can go out and pass the ball and get 30 assists in a game and i'm happy with that but then i had teammates start yelling at me that i needed to be more aggressive and start scoring and and i I, i've kind of found my niche of being that guy that at any certain time i'll do exactly what i need to do to help my team win Mm -hmm. 
And uh, the pro-am thing is, is especially with this year's, with the five out, being a point guard, you were stuck on an island so much by yourself. And it's helped me grow as a person. I mean, I was in the Army, but I never felt that I was the leader that I've become with being in, in a, com- a competitive scene like this. That's crazy. Well, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same dynamics though. I mean, thank you for your service, first of all. Uh, and sec and secondly, I would say, uh, it does, I mean, obviously a stretch, but cause it's a video game compared to real life uh, situations, but you're, you're dealing with leadership skills, uh, in a, you know, kind of a, a vacuum situation where you have to manage personalities and you have to understand uh, how to deal with people in high intensity moments. Uh, so I think that comes into a play as well in the prime scene, especially uh, as you get to the higher levels of competition and you start talking about cash leagues and, you know, even the higher tiers of competition as you go up and eventually being a professional. Now there's a opportunity and a, a job path uh, with this. So uh, it's all been stepped up a notch in terms of the intensity level around the prime community. And I think that's, what's got a lot of people really excited uh, about the future of this. And, uh, hopefully we can spearhead a lot of positive, uh, momentum, uh, going forward and, and help shape the culture, uh, in a positive way. Uh, but I think, uh, players like you, uh, specifically, uh, who are very motivated to be not only great at excelling individually, but also helping others, uh, excel are the key to the whole thing. Uh, and especially at the point guard position, that's, uh, such a valuable trait, uh, to carry, uh, with you from season to season. So, uh, let's go into uh, more about the chosen one. So talk about the first season uh, a little bit more elaborate on your guys' season. It was a compressed schedule. You joined us uh, later in the season uh, in the later stages. Uh, an opportunity was given to Loco to kind of steer his own ship. Uh, you know, the availability wasn't working well with his previous team. So uh, in those circumstances, I want people to have fun and, you know, be able to participate. So we gave uh, the chosen ones a, a slot in the league uh, late. So uh, tell us about that and, and just that whole thing coming together and uh, bring us through uh, your season experience. Uh, we we kind of, I, I had told uh, Loco that if, if he decided to start his own team, and originally when the idea was brought up, I really only thought that he was talking tonight. Mm-hmm. And because that's that's what I had actually told Kid, you know, was that I, I knew Loco w- was talking about making his own team for 19 and that I was considering going that direction. I, I'm a huge loyalty guy. And, and you know, Loco and Inc. and, and the guys that are on our team, uh, Perp Smoke, are guys that, that I will, you know, always fight for, always stand by. So when Loco said, we're going to start this thing now, we're going to go, we're going to grind. I, I said, let's get it. You know, I, we didn't, we didn't know at the time if we were going to be able to get the games in, but the thought process was, well, if nothing else, even if we can't get the full 82 in, it gives us a jump start as a team going forward that we can all grow together, build together, learn together. And, and we just dove headstrong in there were nights when we wouldn't start till 12.30, 1.30 in the morning, and we would grind till 4 or 5 in the morning, get three games in, four games in, whatever, and then, you know, I go take a two-hour nap, and then I'm up with my three-year-old. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was a struggle, man. And, and, and like, you really it, – it a lot was like basic training because it's like you didn't realize how thinly you were pulling yourself and how exhausted you were until that final whistle went off after our third playoff game, where um, we 
ended up losing. And then it was just like, it was like a relief at, at one end, but then it was like, man, this is over at another. And it's just like some emotions that I've been dealing with for the last couple of days. Oh, that's interesting. So let's go into that a little bit because now we're getting into an experience factor of the players in our league where they've, you know, stuck it out, like you mentioned, for months. You know what I mean? It's not just, you know, this is an upstart league in our first couple of weeks. Now we're in season two. Teams have been established. Players have been playing together for, you know, four or five months. So let's talk about uh, as 2K18 comes to a close and and just kind of as seasons end, uh, bring me through uh, that final whistle a little bit more after game three and some of those emotions uh, a little bit more in detail and and particularly uh, towards maybe some of your teammates or, or that dynamic of the whole thing. It, it kind of was like when, when, you know, my final game in, in high school ended, um, oh, man. ended up losing in, in the uh, state semifinals, my senior year. And you just get like this feeling where you look around and you're like, I don't ever know if I'll ever play with this exact group again. Oh my and God. There's a finality to that, that, that is just like, I understand that it's a game, but you still spent, you know, a better part of, you know, the past two, three months with the same guys, you know, whether it's good, bad, people getting pissed at each other, people getting off because they don't want to lose anymore tonight or, Hey, that was a great win. What a comeback. And mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about moments and then there was a moment uh, earlier in the season after we hit elite one where we got we were we were playing against tougher opponents, elite three, elite fours, where we would stay competitive with them all the way through the game. And then somehow at the end of the game, we would choke it away. Either it'd be a bad turnover, a bad shot, um, another team making great shots. We ran into that quite a bit Mm -hmm. where we would lose games on last possessions. Um, to where right as we were going into the playoffs, we started beating those teams. We started not losing at the end. We beat an elite five team. Nice. Um, I think it was like game 81 or 82 where, uh, we had a three point lead and then they scored to send us into overtime. And then in overtime, we just took over the game. And it's just that feeling. It's just memories. You'll never like. And until you get into it, you really can't express and you don't know when you'll ever have again. Yeah. No, I can totally relate. And you, you mentioned specifically like the high school, the last game, man, I had like an emotional breakdown on the bench when my coach took me out the last game that we played in the, uh, you know, whatever conference tournament or whatever it was. So I can definitely relate uh, to that feeling. And it's not only the time you spend the camaraderie you build, but also the time and preparation that you spend uh, individually too. And all that work that you put in and all that uh, sacrifice that you put in and the effort, it, it all comes out of you uh, at the end of a, a season or at the end of a long run like that. So I can definitely appreciate what you're talking about. I think that's really interesting. And now we can bring that into this virtual kind of prism and we can experience it through that. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, how far gaming has come uh, and you talk about potentially making money now uh, with this stuff too and, and having a job with it and that adds a whole nother element uh, to it as well because you know you're pursuing something real and, and it's something that's worthwhile uh, potentially in your life so uh, pretty amazing stuff and uh, chosen ones were a pleasure to watch um, I wanted to ask you one more question before we get into the playoffs uh, we're going to dive into the playoffs a little bit here but uh, tell me about playing with ink uh, ink came over uh, he's been kind of like a mysterious uh, figure in the league. Uh, he kind of he 
he's can be a bit outlandish for lack of a better term on Twitter. Uh, he kind of, uh, is heavily promoting, uh, but also uh, is quick to defend as well. Um, I think that's putting it the right way. Uh, he'll stick up for his teammates and he'll, he'll go out, uh, on a limb for people. And, um, so that makes him kind of like a, a real visible uh, commodity in the community. So talk about playing with him and, uh, actually on the court though, cause that's what I want to get into uh, details about. A lot of people see him on Twitter and stuff like that, but what is it like playing with him? Uh, the MVP from season one on the court, uh, throughout, you know, game by game. But we talk about my, my inexperience and, and that's the, the first thing you, you notice with Inc. Um, I knew Inc before he was the MVP of the league. I knew Inc before he was in the league. So it's like, I don't have that mystique about him of being the MVP because I already knew how good he was before. Mm-hmm. But what you noticed after he ran in the league with, especially with AM and I have a ton of respect for AM, uh, J rock, you know, I, I spend time talking to J rock a lot. Um, and, and, and I talk with Inc. Inc. and I, you know, we text back and forth. We talk. And even before he joined, I was picking his brain, trying to learn things. His IQ is off the charts. And yeah. that's the first thing. And, and he's a bit more brash than I am when he uh-huh. communicates with people. His is more of a, a direct, um, straight to the point thing where I'm more, I want to say, like, I, I worry about not hurting people's feelings. But like I said, there's that line of where you got to, it's not like in the military In the military, you know, you bark an order at somebody and they understand the thought process behind it. We're all in this together. We're all under contract. I mean, if you really want to look at it that way and here, if, if you piss off a teammate or you come off too strong or you say, Hey, that was a really stupid shot. You took, they may jump out of your party, quit your team and just leave you. Hanging. <laughs> yep. There's, there's that real balance that you have to run, especially with younger kids and, and that's a lesson that I've had to learn with people too, because I, I, I grew up very direct. I, my stepdad was a Marine, you know, uh, I, I joined the army. So I, I'm used to kind of that. I grew up in sports. So coaching was heavy handed when we were younger. Yeah. Um, it's not coddling like it is today. And, um, but ink brings that realness to it. He yeah. also brings that experience. And, and when he says something, you need to listen. So I think that was the biggest thing and, and him having that comp experience that a lot of us at the high level that, you know, I don't think many people on my team had. Yeah, that's great insight. I mean, um, he's had success around the league. I mean, every team he's played on. So that obviously is a part of it. Uh, it's not just uh, hitting green lights or whatever. I mean, we saw in the playoffs when we watched him, he made some incredible decisions passing the ball, uh, which I was surprised by, especially in that last uh, deciding game, uh, you know, when it's all on the line and you have name visibility and stuff, you want to come up with those big buckets, uh, obviously scoring uh, is uh, the Hollywood way to go about it. But Inc., you know, facilitated a lot in that game uh, and got the best shot, I thought, in a lot of situations. So I thought that was really cool. I know th- something a lot of people might not know about Inc. is what you, you know, talk about uh, when you summarize his characteristics on the court. Uh, people may not know that about him, so I wanted to make sure that was uh, kicked out there. So I appreciate you talking about Inc. a little bit. So uh, let's go into the playoffs. Uh, you guys had a heartbreaking loss, obviously. Uh, Three-game epic series, first series that ever went down and SL2K Prime. So really proud of that. Uh, it brought me a lot of joy to see that go down, and I appreciate both teams, uh, Mavs included, uh, just getting on the court, making sure that happened, really set the tone, I thought, uh, for everybody else kind of following shortly thereafter. 
because uh, a lot was made of your series and you guys made a lot of headlines with it. So it was really cool uh, to see that all go down. So let's go game by game. Uh, first game here, uh, Mavs, uh, 74-64, uh, chosen ones with the victory. So you guys got off to a good start, uh, established yourselves, a uh, really good first half, 43 points put on the board in the first half. So you guys uh, set a really good pace in that series. And I'm looking at your numbers, 22 dimes in that game, only three shots. Uh, so that's what you were talking about uh, earlier in our conversation about being happy, being the distributor, not you know necessarily getting a lot of buckets. Uh, you look at Ink My Swag, he had 29 in that game, 12 of 18. Uh, struggled shooting the ball a little bit, uh, but he got his numbers and uh, helped his team get a big W. Uh, you got Dub Splash out here with 15, uh, 5 of 7 from 3. Loco, 100% from the field, uh, hit 4 of 4 from downtown and Cracker Deli. 12, 6, 1, 2, and 1, filling up the stat sheet. Uh, so talk about game one. Uh, bring us through that uh, as your team pulled out a big one. Game one, um, we we caught them off guard because we ended up running with three bigs. But the, the irony of that is that we didn't even know we were running three bigs because it was an accident. Loco was actually supposed to bring his pure sharp, and then it was going to be Cracker Deli, and uh ink down low well we, we got our wires crossed a little bit because we all got kind of disheveled and uh because khalil a khalil who was on our roster all year right before game time disappeared he had an emergency come up so we had run with cracker deli who had hit me up um on twitter and asked if we needed one so we ran a pro-am game a walk-on game with him and then brought him on for the playoffs and um we, we kind of just bullied them inside. I think the stats will kind of show that and then kind of worked inside out with them. And uh, it, it really, it, the guys were making such good plays and I had to guard the five out. I had to guard King who's phenomenal. Yeah. King's really good. Um, his, his way he sets up his moves and uh, it, it was really tough. So in that situation, it was a thing where, I was going to have to focus more on the defensive side. And I think he still ended up with like 24 or something like that in the first game. And uh, I was just going to have to play D and let the other guys eat. And um, we got ahead at them early and we were able just to hold them off. I think they outplayed us a little bit in the second half, but not enough to catch us. So yeah, good memory. We, we felt really, we felt really good after game one. We, we did. Yeah, for sure. It's a nice uh, 10 point win, double digits. You're uh, right on on point there. It was 28 uh, to 31. Actually, you, you guys outscored him a little bit, uh, but it was a close second half. And Double uh, A King, uh, who Mavs is referring to at the point guard position for the Bloodhounds, a really dominant player on their side. Uh, 22 and 8 uh, were his numbers. So you were uh, right on point with that as well. Uh, 11 of 21, but struggled shooting the ball. So good defense. Uh, by you in that game, held him to 0 for 5 from downtown. Uh, so really interesting stuff there. And that first game, Sir Ronald Lee as well, had a big game for them, uh, 27 on 12 of 14. But their teammates uh, didn't contribute uh, much else. So you guys did a good job staying home, uh, letting a couple guys eat. And uh, they scored 54, of the, or I'm sorry, 49 of the team's 64 points. So that's a big chunk uh, for two guys to score. Uh, only 8 and 7, and you guys held oh so scoreless uh, were the other teammates that were involved in that game. So really good stuff defensively uh, as we move into Game 2 here. Uh, you guys took an L in Game 2, of course. Uh, there was a deciding Game 3, so obviously the Bloodhounds won Game 2. Uh, so talk about Game 2 a little bit and what changed. It, King changed. Uh, everything I was able to prevent him from doing in Game 1, 
he exploited everything in game two. Uh, the idea was the same. Um, I, I believe in the second game, actually, I think um, we had Ink bring his, um, his pure sharp, if I remember correctly. Um, yep. And, and I just, King just got everything he wanted. I, I don't think really feel like I did anything differently. I, I think honestly, if anything, it was more like he has more experience than I do. And I was a little mentally fatigued in the second game. If I, if I'm being just bluntly honest with you, cause I haven't really had that situation where I was just put on an Island for two yeah. straight games back to back like that. Right. Against a great player, no less. And once he started eating with that with that play shot build, it was just there was just nothing I could do, and the momentum was gone. Yeah, and it, uh, they they really just took it to us in game two, and there wasn't much we could do. And that that largely falls on me, and I, I took responsibility for my team with that. I took it as a challenge going into game three. No question. Well, let's give credit where credit's due. Obviously, Double uh, A King had a huge game, uh, coming back strong in a uh, elimination circumstance there. Uh, so shout out to Double A King. Mavs Ace and him uh, went at it in all three games. Uh, great competitive uh, performance by both of them. 43 in game two uh, for Double A King. Four assists, four boards, 18 of 26. Uh, so really impressive numbers there. Ronald Lee, eight again, uh, 22. So those two guys uh, were a heavy, uh, heavy presence as well. Uh, but the other team members uh, got more involved. They uh, substituted, it looks like, at the two guard. Uh, and Plug had three. Uh, team Ye at the three had 10, uh, four or five from the field, and get slumped at center. I was able to contribute some numbers uh, with a couple of steals as well, four points and six boards. Uh, so a good game. For them, and that was one thing I forgot to mention. We were able to kind of bully them in the first game, and they brought slumped in, and, and yeah. And it was mentioned on Twitter a couple times, but he, he changed the dynamic down there too. It went from us being able to get whatever we wanted to you know, us having to rely more on the perimeter at that point. Well, that's a uh, you know, big win for a team facing elimination. So shout out to the Bloodhounds for coming through uh, and making it a great series. So let's talk about Game 3, uh, the big Game 3. We all saw it in primetime on SL2K Live uh, featuring these two teams. Uh, same lineups uh, played out in uh, Game 3, it looks like, on the Bloodhound side at least. I'm um, looking at your side. Uh, you can tell me if there are any changes made. I see Perp Smoke. We had my buddy Perp. Yeah. Uh, Perp is... Probably my oldest friend on the person I've known the longest for this year's 2K of anybody else. And um, he came and joined when I joined. I, I kind of brought him in. Um, but his work schedule, he works nights, prevented him from being in games one and two. And he's kind of like me. He, he's newer to the 2K scene. Uh, doesn't have a lot of comp experience. He was with me on the teams I was running with before I joined SL2K where we, you know, we were basically just walk on randoms going out and playing. So he's learning just like I am. So this, you know, it's huge ass for him. Hey, you've never really played in a tournament before. Come on into this deciding game. I know. Right. Exactly. That's funny. But shout out to Pert for uh, stepping up for you guys and, uh, you know, trying to contribute. Uh, he had a tough game, but obviously that's a tough circumstance going against Sir Ronald Lee. Uh, obviously one of the best players on the Bloodhound side, a uh, big factor in all three games. Uh, so Perp Smoke came in and held his own. I mean, he held Ronald to six of nine. That's not too bad. Uh, 16 points. Uh, so obviously Ronald wasn't uh, a dominant factor in the game. He had his uh, numbers there. He's a good player. He's going to get those, but I think Perp did a pretty good job uh, in his matchup there. Uh, we heard a little bit about Ink uh, on Twitter. Uh, he was saying that he didn't uh, like going to his sharp there. What were your thoughts on that in uh, game three and, and that decision? 
I, I'm, I'm never a guy that's going to make any excuses. All I'll say is that we lost. But if we're, we're being real about it, um, at the time, uh, Inc. had a real bad thunderstorm come through, and he was on a hot spot. Mm-hmm. So he was lagging the whole game. That's which, tough. If you've ever played as, as a shooter, lagging's never good. Right. And um, given a chance to do it over – we would have had ink on a big and had loco on his on his chart, but it, it didn't play out that way. And unfortunately, in this game, factor in the weather, factor in a really good team yeah. and the Bloodhounds, of course. And you know, it just it just was not meant to be for us that day. Yeah. Um, hats off to him. Uh, I I took over. Uh, we started the game with. Um, with uh, Dub Splash King guarding uh, King, and then I started guarding him in the second quarter, and I and I held my own. I switched up my players. I went from a six-five place shot point guard to where I had my six-ten pure point forward, just because he's so good. And I just figured that the length would kind of bother him, and I got really aggressive. I went from uh, twenty-two assists to sixteen assists. I think I had eight in the last game. Yep, you did. It's more on on scoring mm-hmm. and playing defense, and it's just, but it was just such a good experience. And it, it, I know the final score was twelve, but it was it was a, a six point game with one minute to go. Yeah, and it just the 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 experience is just so valuable that we can bring into season three because everybody in that starting five will be back for three. That's the up. And we're all going to grow together, and we're going to build, and we're going to learn. Yeah, it's a great learning experience to be put uh, to the furnace, so to speak, in a huge game, uh, especially with people watching. You know, we've had a pretty decent uh, showing on on Twitch recently, and people have checked in uh, when we host and when we do those live streams. So uh, there's definitely some people tuning in, and shout out to all those supporters for uh, contributing in that way and uh, putting some eyeballs on some of our uh, competition going on. Uh, so that's, you know, an element of it as well, and uh, appreciate uh, both teams for a really competitive three game series. And we'll get into the numbers here in the deciding game. Double uh, A King had another strong performance, a uh, double double, 24 and 10, 11 to 15. Uh, we got E class, 11 points. So you look at the scoring uh, in this deciding game four guys in double figures for the Bloodhounds. So, we're, you know, hit ta- hats off to them. Uh, good execution offensively, uh, getting all their guys involved. Uh, good slum. Uh, you know, contributed at the big man position, wasn't asked to do much, uh, two, three, and five. Uh, but obviously, as uh, Mavs mentioned, uh, a facilitator for them uh, down low and does a good job of kicking it out uh, when he gets those rebounds and picks up those assists uh, for his shooters. Uh, Team Ye was 17, and Ronald Lee with another strong 16 in a deciding game. And uh, like Mavs mentioned, uh, the Bloodhounds kind of took over uh, down the stretch of that game, uh, just went on a run there. Uh, to seal it and uh, closed out the series. So uh, really great stuff. Uh, that was the first ever series, as we mentioned, that was ever completed in SL2K Pro-Am League. So historic stuff for all the players involved. And we'll see uh, both of those teams, I'm sure, as contenders uh, moving forward in season three. So uh, any final uh, thoughts, uh, Maz? We had a really fun discussion about the playoffs and about uh, you coming up in the comp scene. You want to shout out anybody before we get out of here? Yeah, I'd be really remiss if I didn't honestly shout you out you've had the biggest hand in making all this possible and you've surrounded yourself with great people. I I'd have to shout out my teammates, uh, dub Inc. Um, uh, loco perp, um, Khalil who ran with us this year, mailman, 
Mailman was huge. Um, Styles, Styles has always been a sounding board. Uh, J Kid, who really when when I left could have shunned me, and and I would have understood that, you know. But he's been nothing but helpful, and anytime I've needed him, I've been able to reach out to him. And the the entire thing has been just mind blowingly positive for everything. Mm. And really, I I appreciate everything you've done. So big thank you to you. Well, thank you for saying that. That's a very nice compliment. I'm I'm very uh, humbled by those statements, and uh, we'll look forward to continuing this man. It's only the beginning, and a lot of big things to go. I'm sure uh, for everybody involved. And let's keep it positive too, man, because uh, that's what we're all about, and that's been kind of the driving force behind all this is the good natured. Uh, competition and and friendly uh, social support from everybody. And if we keep that up, there's, you know, sky's the limit uh, for the league and for everybody involved to get opportunities uh, and get exposure uh, that can, you know, develop into any number of opportunities for you guys uh, in esports or, you know, wherever else you want to get into. You know, Styles is Mavs Ace mentioned uh, a great sounding board in the community and somebody that's amazing at marketing and uh, getting her branding out there. So uh, shout out to Styles as well and J Kid. In a similar manner, a really positive, a supportive force in the community, uh, able to, uh, you know, really impart wisdom in all situations and a really knowledgeable person about our league in general. So I uh, appreciate uh, Mav shouting all those uh, very uh, important people in our league out and uh, for the nice words. But we're going to wrap it up on the SL2K podcast here today. Uh, happy you all joined us for this one. We're going to come back real soon with more uh, guests here. We have a special one coming up with Walk On Warriors. How about that? Uh, that's going to be uh, recorded tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to jump off here and we're going to get into some coast to coast though, man. So uh, shout out to Mavs Ace for joining us. Uh, appreciate the chosen ones for an amazing and splendid season and an epic uh, playoff series for all of us to enjoy. Uh, but we're getting out of here. Uh, we'll join you next time on the SL2K podcast. We appreciate you. The team hot, better call a timeout. Got you in the hole and you're struggling to climb out. I mean, who really got a problem? Let me find out. Team full of shooters, you would think we ran a five out. LD Marauders is the name to remember. All hell, us like when it rained in the winter. Me, I got the whole fucking game locked down. Why you think I went ahead and made a defense?